All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How are you? Welcome to the Positive Friday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube, and that's uh, a pause of Friday. Well, we're going to have to stretch that one out a little bit. Order fans a little upset, rightfully so. Oh, my goodness. What a brutal performance last night by the Edmonton owners on the road in Philadelphia. Basically just laid over in the third period. It's like, here you go. Take the game. We're trailing three to one. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll get outshot 13 nothing. Think about that. 13 nothing. Slot shots, third period alone in favor of Philadelphia. That's just shots from the slot. What is happening? The owners had four shots all period. None of them really uh, worth anything. It was uh, not a good performance. Uh, when when your head coach, like Jay Woodcroft last night, think about that person in your life. Maybe when you were young, you know, you, the first time you heard your mother swear and you're dropping an F-bomb and you're kind of like, you try not to giggle because you're just like, oof, yeah, I'm nervous. She's really upset, but I've never seen her swear before. Right? Or a parent, you know what, uh, your first time your three-year-old who mimics everything you say, all of a sudden just casually in conversation, I don't want no bleeping food. They say it obviously a, a less aggressive. They just say it kind of casually. They don't even know what the word means. You kind of chuckle. Well, when Jay Woodcroft drops that, you're kind of like, oh. You know, it's funny. You know he's mad. But sometimes, you know, when someone's mad, it's funny. 
I don't know if that's how you felt. We're, uh, I don't know if there was anything funny for Oiler fans, though. That's that's fair. It was not a good performance whatsoever. Uh, this is the Jason Greger Show, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. And hey, you know what? Maybe you need a little boost. $27 million tonight for Lotto Max at PlayAlberta.ca. Also, CFL, MLB, NFL, NHL. They got it all. Check there the special new uh, boost bets that you can do. It's a lot of fun. So at playalberta.ca. Uh, tomorrow again, you will have another uh, double dip of the uh, Elks and the Orders, although both not in Edmonton. Of course, uh, Edmonton will be in Winnipeg tomorrow. Five o'clock Edmonton time. And then the uh, Oilers and the Jets. So it's a double header of Edmonton, Winnipeg. The uh, Bombers are 12 and four. They're really good. The Elks. Ah, they're four and thirteen. This is their last game of the season. They're gonna hopefully go out respectfully. Does anybody expect them to win? Probably not. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Winnipeg's got a lot to play for because they're currently tied in wins with the BC Lions. So an Edmonton Winnipeg double dip tomorrow. We are live in the E Well Studio. They just celebrated their grand opening, and uh, they're proudly sponsored uh, our studio by. Your local electrical distributor. Stay tuned for an electrifying show that's going to light up your day. Hopefully. Hopefully. So we got lots to talk about today on the show. Of course, the Edmonton Orders. And I'll say this about the blue and orange. There's not just one thing that's going to solve their issue. They need to be better offensively. They have six goals, five on five. They have zero goals in the third period this season. Zero. And think about it. They've been trailing in three of those four games. Yeah, Nashville, you're up 6-1, you sit back, fine. The other three games, they've been trailing, going into the third period, and can't muster one goal. Not one. That's a problem. Defensively, they're giving up way too much. Uh, I've outlined it before, and uh, just to give you some numbers... Because uh, you always want to back up your opinion with a little bit of numbers. Here's the Oilers on because you know shots on goal are one element. Shots from the slot, a much more dangerous place on the ice, are very different. So the Oilers, the last two games, I know they won a national, but the last two games from the slot at five on five, they've been outshot thirty nine to twenty. 57 to 37 on the season. They've been outshot as far as shots for, shots against in the slot. 57 to 37. That's a problem. Goaltending, yeah, Jack Campbell would want the third goal back. I totally get it. So that's one play that Jack Campbell, the rest of the game, I had no issue with him. How many plays did the players in front of him make where you're like, what? Connor McDavid. Aaron Pass in the power play led directly to a goal. Evan Bouchard, the uh, first play just min- mishandles the puck. I don't know how. And then on the last goal, w- just leaves the middle of the ice wide open because for whatever reason, he, he crossed over and put himself out of position way too far outside. It allowed Philadelphia to just like part of the sea. Here you go, right up the middle. And uh, it was not a banner night for many players on the Edmonton Orders. 
you can say effort. It might, might even be too easy. The Oilers need to play harder. They need to play more consistent. They need to be more desperate. They need to be smarter. Like There's a lot of things going on with that team right now. And I guess the good news is they're all in it together because it's not like there's a long list of players you can say, well, this guy's playing really well. There's a few. Zach Hyman, currently tied for the league league and even at five on five points with five. He's been fine. I think Warren Fogle's played pretty well. I think Dylan Holloway's played pretty well. Ryan McLeod's been okay. Nugent Hopkins, I'd probably put him on the uh, the plus side of 50. After that, not a lot. Not a lot. They got a lot more guys who got to play better. So uh, we'll see what they have tomorrow. Now, here are the, this is a conversation. We'll get to our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. We got a lot of texts coming in. 833-401-1440. And some uh, line juggling again today by the head coach. Zach Hyman with Drysaddle McDavid. Nugent Hopkins, Fogel, and Yanmark. We'll get to that in a sec. Kane with McLeod and Brown. And then Holloway with Ernie and Ryan. Now, on the surface, I'm a bit perplexed how Dylan Holloway, who I think has been one of the more consistent forwards, in essence got a demotion here to the fourth line. Now, I know it's, I guess they want him to play center. Maybe they think that he, his speed will ignite that other line. The order's bottom six doesn't have a goal at five on five. And it's not like the top six has a lot either. So I just want to point that out. They have a grand total of, of six goals through four games, five on five. Not good. So like, if there was one guy I would have put in the top six, it would have been Dylan Holloway. That's the one guy. If I'm thinking for some jump, he's had some jump. Now, I have to think they're going to try Nugent Hopkins, Janmark, and Fogel as kind of like their defensive line. That's what I'm guessing. It's kind of the only thing that makes sense. But obviously the coach has seen something different in Janmark that I'm seeing. Like, I get that Janmark's responsible and doesn't make very many mistakes with the puck, but he doesn't make a lot of plays with the puck either. Right? So, sure, he can make good reads, but not creating a lot. So, I don't know. I'm... I guess if you're going to have him, Nugent Hopkins, and Fogel and say, you know what, guys, we just want you to not get scored on, go out there, play good defensively, we'll see who they play against, maybe that's the reason. I'm trying to think of something. If you can think of something else, let me know. 833-401-1440. And honestly, I'm not sure it matters for the most part what the lines are if the orders are going to play with the same energy, execution, intensity, desire that they had in Philly not happening like you've kind of laid an egg now twice out of four games like game two they lost I didn't think they played poorly that'll happen sometimes but that game last night like I could not believe the third period you're down three to one which isn't a massive you know like there's lots of two goal comebacks in the NHL nowadays you're down three to one and you muster four shots on goal in the third period. And you get absolutely hammered by the Flyers in the third period. They completely controlled that period. 
They look like a team that said, guess what? We're not sitting back. We're attacking with the lead. And they did. It was ugly. Ugly. Hey, guys, that third goal was the killer. Any minor momentum uh, was instantly squashed from Muzz. Yep. Was not great, Muzz. I would agree uh, wholeheartedly. So... Hey guys, uh, what's the over under over under on auction in the brain after five straight minutes of ice time? What is Woodcroft? There were five times watching the game where I said, "Dry Settle McDavid better not still be on the ice," and yet they were. I bet Chrishell could confirm this is a horrible idea from the burglar. Well, any extended shifts, yes. And, and and here's the thing: I have no problem with the coach saying, "You know what? We need to be better." Hundred percent. Don't sugarcoat it. He's obviously frustrated. But there are things I believe the coach can do. That third line was going last night. I'm not saying bench your top two lines. Just give your third line a little bit more reward. Right? Give them a little bit more reward. Like, Sure, they're not scoring, but they're playing well. At least they're generating something. So, I uh, last night was a tough night for Evan Bouchard. I thought it was a tough night for some of the older skill players. But Evan Bouchard, that's a real tough night. No question. So, um, Nurse and CeCe were easily the older's best pairing last night on the blue line. It really wasn't close. So, Hey, guys, what about one strong center, one strong winger? McDavid and Hyman, Drysaddle and Kay, Nugent Hopkins and Fogle. Mix it in for Mark. Um, Maybe. I think there's a little bit of a message here to Vander Kane, like, hey, chop, chop, let's get going. And so that's what you got to do sometimes as a coach. I have no problem with that. In fact, I would encourage it. Sometimes the only way to get the player's attention, you can't just keep rolling out the same top six all the time. You can't do it because they're not playing well enough. It's not like they were generating chance and just not scoring. They got outworked, top to bottom, outworked. Hey, Gregor, are you concerned with Kane? Looks disinterested from DK. Well, I wouldn't be concerned. I will say, DK, I think it's fair to say that Evander Kane has left you wanting more in the in virtually every game he's played this year. Like, if, if it's not working for you offensively, and that's going to happen at some points of the year. Like, if Evander Kane went four games and he had one assist at some point in the year, it wouldn't be that huge of a story because it happens. He's not a point-of-game player. Right? He could have five points in the previous four and then go whatever. But have you really noticed Kane? Has he bullied anybody? Has he hit anybody? Has he yapped at anybody? Like, there's other ways to show you're engaged. And I don't feel like they were at all. At all. Hey, Gregor, I don't think... Let's give the Flyers credit. I don't think the orders are as bad as you're saying. They were in all the lanes. Chris and Victoria. Chris, I strongly, strongly disagree. Did you watch the third period? Chris, what are you talking about? Just look at the third period alone, my man. Don't try to sugarcoat this and be like, oh, Flyers are great. The Edmonton orders played like garbage compared to their skill level last night. Okay? It's just, I'm sorry, it's not. They got outshot 12 to 3. And it wasn't because they had all these, you know, massive shot attempts. Not it at all. Like, the Flyers, did they play well? Sure. 
are they that better than the Edmonton Oilers to limit them to that, what we saw specifically in the third period? No chance. I'm sorry, man. I am not agreeing with you on that one. Not at all. Hey, Greg's. Has Bouchard ever won a puck battle without using his skill? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I actually thought Evan Bouchard in the postseason last year was maybe the most competitive I've seen. I was like, here you go. This is a young guy getting more confident. Here we go. I saw him engage. I saw him sticking some guys. I don't. He's not going to be nurse. He's not going to be Ekholm, right? He's not going to be like throttling guys. But I actually thought his battle level was pretty good in the postseason. Maybe the best I'd ever seen. So yeah, he is. He's had a rough start, and I I don't expect guys to play the exact same way in the playoffs that they're going in the regular season. So I want to make that abundantly clear. There's very few guys. You can't do it, right? You can't do it. But he, like last night, like the game in Vancouver, that you know that was just a weak battle he lost. But last night, like the mishandling the puck, like to me, if there's one thing in Bouchard's game that I'm normally very hey, whatever he's doing. When he has the puck on his stick, normally he doesn't, it's not a grenade, right? So that to me was the, uh, was the surprising part. And the other thing for the orders is like, they got more sandpaper than they're showing. Right? In today's NHL, the orders are, are a tough team top to bottom compared to a lot of other teams. You got DeArnay, you got Kane, you got Nurse, if they want to show it. But then, you know, Nugent Hopkins, we've seen Nugent Hopkins can play gritty. Dreisaitl can play annoying. Ekholm's big and strong. But man, like there has been a whole lot of nothing when it comes, like, is there a scrum? Like, you know what? Honestly, you'd have to put a mirror under the nose of some of the orders. Are they breathing right now? Are they awake in here? What's happening? So to me, they better show up soon because I'm not worried about the playoffs. I'm going to say that right now. I still believe the orders are a playoff team. It's four games. It's not great. But the Edmonton orders, they believe they're more than just to get in the playoff team. They want to go deep in the playoffs. And you know what's the best way to go deep in the playoffs, Connor Howley? What's that? Get home ice advantage for more than one round. You finish second in the division. Now you got one round and then you're on the road. And look what happened the last two years when the orders were on the road. They went one and five. Sorry. One and four. In Vegas and Colorado. And right now, Vegas is already eight points up in the orders. Now the orders have a game in hand. So best case scenario, there's six back of Vegas. They're already six back of Colorado. It's early. But guess what? You don't want to be like they were last year. The slow start didn't cost the orders a playoff spot. The slow start cost them home ice advantage, which ultimately might cost them the Stanley Cup. Home ice matters for the top teams. It's proven. It's a fact. Vegas was very good at home last year. Colorado, very good the year before when they won. Yeah, you want to be decent on the road, but the Oilers the last two years in the playoffs... Four and four, three and three. And that's okay. You know what? You win half your games on the road, playoffs, decent. But if you're not the home team, makes it a little bit harder. And for me, 
That to me is the bigger concern with the early slump is if it keeps going and all of a sudden you get to November 15th and you find yourself 12 points back. That is a lot of real estate to make up. Look at how well the Oilers played in the final 62 games of the season last year. And they still didn't catch Vegas. Right? When they go 9-1 and one down the stretch, they still didn't catch them. So you have to stay closer than they are right now. Got to start winning some games. You need to look in the mirror. No more BS excuses and play better. It's like line combinations, whatever. Coach is mixed in here too. You know what? Don't just mix up the lines. Send a message by stapling someone to the bench if they're not going. You had lots of opportunities to do it. And it can't just be Yanmark, Ernie, and Ryan every time. Can't just be, oh, here's the guys. Let's go with them. Now, I'm not saying they're deserving way more ice time, but they're not the only ones who automatically should be shortened the way they're playing right now. Quick break coming up on the show today. We've got a loaded lineup for you. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Matt Chinetti. Also, uh, Kevin Radomski will be by. Cam Tate, of course, feeling better. He's with us. Uh, ben Gretsch, uh, Ted Wyman from Winnipeg, uh, Wanya Gretz, uh, Craig Button, Spec, Low Type. It's a loaded show. There's going to be a lot of opinions. We've got lots more text flying in at 833-401-1440. Please explain Yanmark in the second line today. Well, Ray Lapp, I can't do it. Honestly, that's a little head-scratching to me. The only answer I can think of is he thinks he's going to play Yanmark, Nugent Hopkins as Fogel as like a defensive-minded line. That's the only thing I can think of. Or it's just one of Jay Woodcroft. He likes to do this in practice, and then the game, the tomorrow the lineup you see will be different. He's done that before. I don't love that strategy. I'm just saying he's done it before. But I don't really have a great answer for you, unfortunately. We'll return on The Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 225 Positive Friday. I know, I know it's hard, older fans. I know it's hard. But that's why we put in Positive Friday about eh, 12 years ago. Because that was right in the middle of the decade of darkness. And man, we'd have the whole week and people would be just distraught. So we'd uh, have a little fun on Positive Friday. So who knew that after four games you would need a Positive Friday? Because uh, most people thought the orders would be uh, minimum two and two, probably three and one. It's not like Vancouver, Nashville, Philadelphia are the juggernauts. None of them made the playoffs last year. And the orders are one and three. Ouch. Let's get to the football report now. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments. No interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay warm all winter or cool all summer. LegacyHeating.ca. And other big news today, and we're going to talk about that right now. Uh, we'll talk some CFL with Matthew Shinetti, uh from uh, CFL and TSN and TSN Soccer. But I want to start with, of course, uh, the uh, most prolific score in Canadian soccer history, Christine Sinclair. Uh, obviously, the most goals in uh, in women's soccer globally. And uh, she announced that uh, she will be retiring. Matthew, you knew eventually this was coming. Uh, you know, we, we've seen her uh, her minutes diminish uh, with the national team here in their their previous games, and uh, you know we've seen her reaction, Portland and stuff like uh, you know. Obviously, she's she's ready for this, but can you kind of put into words what she's meant to the program, and do they have anyone who's going to be able to replace her? I think Jason, I uh, there's no better example than than the city you're in back twenty. 20- Two, 23 years ago when 45,000 people came out to Commonwealth Stadium to watch and then 19, 20-year-old Christine Sinclair beat Brazil on penalty the U-20 World Cup. Unfortunately, no loss in the United States in that tournament, but 
the flavor that started what would ultimately become the most significant career in Canadian soccer history. And as, as the person who scored, scored the most in international history, uh, it is not an instant career because although we might tie World Cup wins um, to the ultimate legacy, you know, Christine Sinclair didn't win one, and I think it's time to get that out of the way first off because the goals that she scored, the value that she had for a country that had never had uh, any kind of soccer star at her level, uh, and then to achieve three straight Olympic medals, culminating in a win over Sweden on penalties at uh, Tokyo 2020, um, is the crowning achievement of one of the most important careers, not only in women's football, but in international football. And I say that because before Christine Sinclair, there was nobody. There was no one like her. Um, and now, to answer your question, is there anyone uh, there to replace her? I don't think anyone will be a Christine Sinclair because she was just a singular force. And it was it is because of her, with all due respect to the 1986 men who went to the World Cup and the likes of Jim Brennan, Jason DeVos, uh, Craig Forrest, you know, the many Canadian men who played in the English Premier League, uh, Canadian soccer finally had its own its own international star in Christine Sinclair. Yeah, um, it's true. She was a she was a huge star. But how come globally, it almost seems like she got overlooked, right? Like she never won Play of the Year, never won the the Women's Golden Boot or anything. How and you know, despite scoring that many goals, why? Uh, I think I think it's a handful of reasons. Chief among them, one, Canada's even with all of her achievements, as much as she's gone ahead and, and given some notoriety uh, to Canadian international soccer, uh, it is a wild, um, bigger universe than anyone sometimes imagines having been to the World Cup. I can tell you, uh, you don't believe it until you see it. Uh, and because soccer is the global sport and uh, nations are always jockeying for uh, positions of importance, and in women's football, really, I think up until the last eight years, but you know, certainly four years ago when the number of titles the Americans won in the World Cup, and certainly it's changing now uh, after after the World Cup we just watched with Spain winning it, notwithstanding all the things that happened to Spain afterwards. But this was a, a sport that, you know, the U.S. won and the U.S. dominated. So the likes of uh, an Alex Morgan, an Abby Wambach, even though Christine Sinclair ultimately uh, surpassed Abby Wambach, Carly Lloyd, um, Hope Solo, all of those names were put uh, up in front because the Americans were seen as the dominant team. But uh, I believe this is true. As Christine Sinclair's legacy grows over time, um, and as you see more and more players, especially in this country, Janine Becky certainly posted something today about the value of Christine Sinclair's career on her own career, I think that's going to build and build and build, uh, and especially with Christine Sinclair's involvement in Project 8, the women's uh, professional soccer league alongside her longtime teammate and friend Diana Matheson. I think the 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 the, abs- the total of Christine Sinclair's influence on this sport, not only here in Canada but internationally, will even grow in her retirement. Matt Shinani, uh, uh joins us. So uh, Christine Sinclair. Now she will play a few more games. Uh, I'm guessing uh, she will have the the send off that she deserves and. Uh, you know, maybe ignites her her teammates to to go out and and play even better potentially. I think ultimately this is a it's a tune up for Paris. Canada obviously qualified in Toronto uh, with that win against uh, Jamaica in, um, in in the uh, Olympic qualifier. And Christine Sinclair, I was there, got a rousing send off, and it certainly did something to embolden her team 
in those final minutes. I think in the last couple of years, as 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 Christine Sinclair approached 40, she wasn't the goal-scoring behemoth that she had been for so long and, and, and like an unstoppable force in front of net. What she became is someone who uh, could play a great pass, who just had a presence that lifted all her teammates. Certainly, you know, there's the, the um, it's not only the, her presence and the effect on her teammates, uh, they'll be playing in Halifax and they sold out in Halifax in 20 minutes. Although, albeit the, the, the Halifax Wanderers Stadium, the stadium only seats about 6,500 people. At this, at this point, though, um, she, in these last few games, will, will be a symbol of celebration for the country because, as I said before her, uh, there really was very, very little to celebrate in Canadian soccer in its totality. Uh, in her career, uh, as you know, she went through so many incredible moments, of course, in the Olympics against the Americans and at the last uh, Olympics as well, and helping lead Canada to a fourth-place finish about 18 years ago. Uh, like She's had so many moments in her career where you can just tie um, you know, the success of Canadian soccer and what it's meant. And uh, now as, uh, as she approaches the end, I think even though, yes, her teammates will want to use these games as, as continued preparation for the upcoming Olympics next summer, it'll all be about celebrating Christine Sinclair. Uh, Matt, let's uh, switch over to the CFL. Matthew Shinetti joins us. And um, this is the last game of the season for the Elks. Also the last game of the season for BC and Saskatchewan. It's kind of odd that a third of your team, a league, excuse me, uh, is going to basically get uh, a bye week in the final week of the season. I do find that a little head scratch. And I think it's smart to have the team that many projected to be a non-playoff team have a bye week the final week, uh, which was the green and gold when the season began. And unfortunately for them, uh, they've lived up to it. Uh, they face off Winnipeg, and obviously the Bombers have something to play for here. They're battling BC for uh, for home field advantage and getting the uh, the first round by. Um, the Elks have been better because, of course, it was impossible to be worse than zero and nine. Right? Uh, they're they're four and four since. But like, how would you evaluate Chris Jones? And when I look at the Elks, their off season, I think the biggest question is going to be. Can Chris Jones adequately do all three jobs? I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head, and I also would want to include whether or not they're going to go ahead and actually put all of their chips in the tray forward basket and, and, and really tie the success of the franchise to Chris Jones is a very proud man. He has coached on both sides of the border. He has won multiple great cups. He was an outstanding defensive coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, for the Montreal Alouettes and for the Toronto Argonauts, to say nothing of the success he originally had with the Edmonton football team in 2015, which he parlayed into a big job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The fact of the matter is, it has nonetheless been very, very, very disappointing. Now, certainly the, Edmonton, the Elks have a lot of financial issues given how many coaches and, and front office people they paid out over the last number of, of years. And, and there's, there's certainly been, been, uh, been talk um, about uh, the operations budget uh, and what kind of how that might hamstring uh, the the Eskimos and, and what they want to do in terms of updating or changing uh, staff uh, in the front office and on the coaching staff. But the fact of the matter is this: Chris Jones has to be judged on his record. Uh, he he is certainly when I've spoken to him and when he's been out in the media, done his his best to go ahead and 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 show someone who is. Confident, notwithstanding uh, clearly the struggles his team has had this season, uh, but he should be, as everyone on his staff should be, scrutinized uh, because clearly they have a talent here. And that last point is, is Trey Ford, and and 
if if you're going to believe in the young man, then you got to believe in him and build not only a team around him but a coaching staff around him too. That's going to develop his talents. I'm not saying they do or don't have them. Uh, there is a lot of talented guys, Jarius Jackson, um, G. Ray Simon on this staff, who, who, who know what it's like to win in this league. There's no doubt about it. But the Edmonton Elks are now staring down another disappointing season in which the big headline has been they're going to close the Upper Bowl in Commonwealth Stadium, which still, to, to me, is, is, is a shocking development over the last few years. It just shows the issues that the, the, the entire franchise has had, not, not, not only the coaching staff, but this is another significant summer for, for the Edmonton Elks because uh, you talk about the Oilers and the, and the issues they've had over the last number of years. Um, this is a proud CFL city. I know it well. Uh, and you can't just – the time for losing, the time for disappointments, all the time for changing as it was with the name change has come and gone. This team needs to show that it wants to be productive and, and progress far beyond breaking records, uh, breaking winless records at home. Yeah, uh, not ideal for sure. Who do you like between BC and Winnipeg? Better, I great should say. Great question. Uh, it, it's a great question. I, I right now, I'm. Uh, I have seen BC. I saw BC last week in, in Hamilton. I certainly know what the receiving core is is uh, capable of. Certainly know what Matthew Betts is capable of. Uh, as is their entire defensive line. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, though, are the established winning organization in this league. Uh, I know for a fact that many on that team. Uh, would love nothing more to get back to the Grey Cup and would love, no, would love nothing more than to play the Toronto Argonauts in the Grey Cup. But uh, there is a substantial challenge in the BC Lions. And, sir, if, if not for Dominic Grimes uh, not, going, uh, not going down when he should have, uh, it might have been flipped and we might have been talking about a, a West Final that would be played in BC place. It's still up for grabs. BC will finish their schedule first and Winnipeg will have to win. Uh, but at this point, uh, as much as I, 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 I have a tremendous amount of respect for head coach Rick Campbell and the feeling that permeates around his organization, his players, I still look at Zach Kalaros, Adam Big Hill, Dalton Schoen, Kenny Lawler, Willie Jefferson, uh, and, and, and look at every, everything that that organization has built with Mike O'Shea and know that when it comes time to win, the Bombers usually win. But I'm, I'm, I am as excited for this playoffs especially the, the the potential division final matchups as i have ever been because if it does end up being uh the bombers and the lions and maybe on the other side uh, the arcos and the ticats uh we could have some juicy mashups but uh certainly the, the stampeders and the and and the uh, rough riders are failing their way or losing their way to to clinch that final spot in the west and the alouettes have built something big in the uh, in the east but I think that battle between the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, if it ends up being the division final in the West, uh, will be tight. But you have to love at this point the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because just the the consummate winning professional culture that's been built over the last five, six years. Uh, that's totally fair. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders, like this is the first time the sta- like it, you know the Stamps and the Elks both uh, looks like. A, well, I know technically Calgary can still make it, but I you know I don't have a lot of faith that they will. But if they miss, both Edmonton and Calgary missing the playoffs, man, I can't remember the last time. Uh, it's been a long, long time. But both teams, like Edmonton, you know, you're like, okay, Trey Ford, maybe you got some things coming here. They had a young secondary, and they, they look like they're improving. Calgary just seems to be kind of slowly getting worse, Matt. What, what's wrong in Calgary? What's missing? I think your question about Chris Jones and whether or not he can do all three jobs can be then you could just change the name of the team and the name of the coach and ask me the same thing about Dave Dickinson. 
I, I don't put this disappointing season all on him, but this is one thing I will say. For a long time, the Calgary Stampeders, when they were the dominant team in the West and went to Grey Cups in 14, uh, 16, 17, and 18, they were a team that dealt with tremendous amount of injuries, especially to their offensive line. They were able to deal with those um, lost, uh, lost man, man games, uh, but not this season. And I have noticed a, pal- a palpable sense of frustration from Dave Dickinson. I'm not certainly the record as he, as he told my colleagues in the CFL and TSN, he is not someone who is used to losing. I don't think he can count on maybe a handful of fingers, the amount of losing seasons he's had both as a professional quarterback and as a coach uh, in pro football, but there clearly is something missing. And certainly in this league that it's, it's always driven by um, the quarterback play. Jake Mayer, although he's put up great yards and had great moments, especially some of those plays he's had to Reggie Bagleton, and certainly the uh, the injuries to Katine Carey haven't helped on top of injuries to the offensive line. But this was a team that was able to, to weather a lot of storms for a lot of years and still able to get to great cups, if not win the whole thing. Um, I, I I think it comes down to the consistent play. They, they've never been able to put four quarters together. I'd speak into their, their defensive coordinator, Brent Munson. He's, uh, he's talked to me about how frustrating it is that that his defense will get stops and that the offense may not get down the field and maybe the offense gets down the field and the defense can't, can't get good stops. And Mike Rose in the defensive line has, has shared with me just, just how much it's kind of been surprising to him to see the inconsistent play. I think everyone in that, in that organization is just a little surprised at this whole season. And, and because they haven't had, although they had a great win in, in Regina when the, when the Rough Riders came back at the very end on that Hail Mary play and still were able to win the game, the only player who's been consistent for the Stampeders all season has been Rene Paredes. And when your kicker is the one who's putting up the most points and, and showing up game in and game out, and really not everybody else is when, when their number is called, that's a big problem. Matt, great stuff, man. Always good to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and uh, we will see because the uh, the playoffs uh, – you know, now, hey, maybe Montreal can win uh, in the West, though. Uh, you know, I'd be stunned if Calgary or Saskatchewan put up much of a fight against BC in the uh, the West, Sammy. It definitely seems like that West final, uh, I could, uh, you know what, that could be a heck of a game, no question about it. And then, uh, you know, we'll see. The Argos haven't had much to play for for a long time, but they still seem to be uh, ready to roll come playoff time and look to try to uh, repeat. So uh, the playoffs will be fun in a few weeks. Appreciate it, Jason. There you go. That is Matt Shinetti from uh, CFL on TSN, also uh, soccer on TSN. We'll come back. Cam Tate is going to join us and also your opportunity to uh, have some fun and help out this weekend. We'll tell you how next on Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 246, welcome back to Greger Show with Connor Halley. Hope you're having yourselves a positive Friday. We've got lots of text flying in. Hey, guys, I see Liam Footy's on waivers. Bruce Kerlock said he could be the 11th or 12th forward in the orders. Based on what, I guess, would be my question. I, like, I know people are asking, hey, he can play center. He's taken a grand total of 19 face-offs in his NHL career, and he's won five of them. He's 26% in the face-off circle. Um, he had a 41 expected goals. He had a 42 uh, shot for last season. Um, you know, you go down the list on, on everything in Columbus. It wasn't great. So, yeah, he's a young player who you think maybe will catch lightning in a bottle. But I, I don't think Edmonton's at a point where they're going to add a young guy and just hope that, that he can be the answer. I guess you could do it. But why? Like, you got to remember, he can't make Columbus. Are you certain he's going to help your team? 
Right now, some young players, you know what, are on bad organizations, but they're there. But for him not to make it is different, right? So, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the reports I got uh, out of uh, Columbus have been uh, uninspired. So I'm I'm not sure if uh, he's the answer. I get people are frustrated, but I wouldn't uh, look at Liam Foody as the uh, answer. He was a really good junior player, right? Really good junior player. But you know, first round pick, I get all I get all of the pedigree, but so far hasn't really panned out. Now he's been injured, right? Injuries have definitely been a factor. Last year was kind of the most games he's ever played at pro in four seasons was sixty two. So you know, seven goals, not bad numbers, but you know his possession numbers were horrible. So. I, I, is that guy the answer to what the order's woes are? Mm, probably not. Let's get to uh, the two-minute warning with Cam Tate. It's Friday, October 20th. The two-minute warning with Cam Tate. They call me fast, Eddie. The numbers just don't add up. 1,103 NHL games, 390 points, and hang on here, Grandpa. Minus five. Say it with me now. One time, minus five. In fact... As a member of the 1997 Montreal Canadian Blue Line Patrol, he was plus 22. That's the kind of rough, tough, in-your-face, get-that-puck-out-of-here-right-now player one David Michael Manson was. Now, after the Edmonton Oilers lost to the Philadelphia Flyers last night, the Oilers' plus-minus numbers are jarring, especially on the back end. And for Manson, who runs the Oilers' defense, he must be awake all night wondering why. Evan Bouchard, minus five. Brett Kulak, minus three. Matthias Eklam, minus one. Philip Proberg, minus one. Vincent Deharnay, minus one. Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, they are even. And here's the set everyone could be going. What the Sam hell is going on? And nobody, and I mean nobody, on the Oiler roster is a plus one. Nobody. I watched Manson play in the early 1990s for the Oilers. His play absolutely does not reflect the way Edmonton's defense is playing, and that is a mystery to me. Of course, I'm biased because I consider Manson to be a friend, but I'm willing to park that, Annie. I object if I say I honestly think there's a disconnect between Manson and his pupils. Yes, I know the game has changed since Manson retired from playing in 2002, but the fundamental core of good, sound defensive hockey hasn't. Keep the puck and offensive players away from the net. It's the simple... The Oilers' blue line bunch has been the talking point and will continue to be. We're only four games in, and red flags are popping up all over. Given Dave Manson's resume as a player, I cannot understand why. The two-minute warning with Cam Tate joins the... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Jason Greger Show, Mondays and Fridays right here on to Sports 1440. It's a fair comment. I think it's a fair statement that the, uh, you know, there, there's something maybe missing, disconnect potentially. I don't know what word you'd want to use, but hey, the orders, there's, like I said, there's lots of areas of this team that you can look at and say, hey, they got to get better. And overall, team defense, I think they got to be a little bit more aggressive at times, more assertive at times, especially the simple thing, protect the house. They're giving up way too many shots from the slot whether it's off the rush or last night's setup time, which leads to shots in the slot. They need to be much better there at reduce because that's where the most of the goals come from, right? That's just a fact. That's where most of the goals come from. So uh, great stuff with Tater. We're happy that he's uh, feeling good, got over his pneumonia, and he is back. He joins us every Monday and Friday. For those who don't know, uh, Cam Tate has cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair and a longtime uh, reporter here in Edmonton has always wanted to be on radio, but and now with the wonders of radio, we allow him to be on there. Uh, through voice box, which is great. Now let's go in the community brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. It's a fourth generation family owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United has been supporting hockey and our community for over 95 years. And uh, speaking of hockey, uh, Kevin Radomski uh, joins us from the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Kevin, how you doing, my man? We'll, uh, we'll have to get Kev's mic set up there cons so um i can't hear him so we'll uh get it re-queued up there and see what's going on but um hopefully it's uh hopefully we get a queued up there try it again uh kev can you hear me now yeah he can but i can't hear him are you muted no no he's not well maybe we'll call him just get a fix there cons so gotta do a test there do an audio test Hey, guys, uh, what about uh, Phil Kessel? Phil Kessel, no. I, I don't – what the order – like, Phil Kessel is – I know people like he's better than Adam Ernie. Is he better than the role that Adam Ernie's being asked to play? Penalty killer, fourth-line guy, be energy and aggressive? That's not Phil Kessel at all. So, Phil Kessel is not the goal scorer he was, and Phil Kessel's game isn't one that – you expect to be more of a fourth-line energy guy. So I don't see it. I, honestly, Edmonton's got to solve their problems with what they have. I, I think trying to think, oh, we're going to bring in this fourth-line guy, Liam Foody, and suddenly the order's top nine forwards aren't scoring, right? That's what's got to improve. Let's go there. Let's uh, try with Kevin again. Kev, how you doing? Let's try again. We're good here? We are good there, yes. So uh, there, that's great. Okay, awesome. Uh, Director of uh, Business Operations for the uh, – Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, you know what, Kev? It's uh, it's Socktober, and uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, helping out Operation uh, Friendship uh, Senior Society. The goal is to collect ten thousand pairs of new warm winter socks for low income and uh, and homeless seniors. You can uh, drop it off at uh, the Sports fourteen forty location here at West Edmonton Mall, and uh, another place, and you can bring it to the Oil Kings game. You bet. You know what's funny is we were collecting socks last Sunday. 
last Tuesday and, of course, this coming Sunday. And we're always blown away with the generosity of Edmontonians. Like, when we put the calling out, like, I couldn't imagine facing an Edmonton winter without socks. Yeah. Like, when, when you think of things that are frills, having socks on my feet is not a frill. And, and our fans that, that have come through already to, to do, donate the socks, we couldn't be more appreciative. And for anyone that's coming to the Oil Kings game this Sunday, if you haven't been to the Oil Kings game, there are tons of fun, tons of family, lots for the kids to do. Throw in uh, a couple socks, some, buy some brand new socks for those in need, and we'll give you a pair of tickets to our United Against Cancer game next Saturday. So you've got to do something good and get something to boot as well. Oh, well, that's uh, that's fantastic. I like it. So um, now speaking of um, of uh, of the old Kings, it's you know what? Uh, a young team that's that's on the rise looking to uh, to get better. And by the way, uh, Seattle's the uh, the opposition on uh, Sunday. So a pretty good team, a pretty good test. And Seattle, they're in a stretcher. I think they play like six games in nine days. So, um, you know, the Western League, baby, yeah. they're coming through. They got to get as many in as they can. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Um your team and just kind of what you've done in the community, Kevin, like you, you, you try to, you know, build a lot of that and not only just with your fans, but also with the players, ensuring that the players are heavily involved. Absolutely. For people who don't know, the Edmonton Oil Kings are junior hockey players, which means that some of them are in high school if they're of that age. And once they're done high school, they're in post-secondary. They're taking classes to take that next step. And it's a mandate that we grow them on the ice. We want to make sure that we're developing these players but it's also another mandate that we develop them as young men and understanding how great it feels to be in this community, participating actively. A lot of people say, yeah, we're in the community. Well, we want to get our sleeves rolled up and get right in there. And two weeks ago, we put a call out to our fans on Thanksgiving Monday. Yeah. We said, you know what, let's bring some macaroni and cheese down to the game. Let's use it as noisemakers, and then we'll deliver that to the Edmonton's Food Bank, who are breaking all the wrong records right now. And we donated over 2,200 pounds of food for the Edmonton's Food Bank. They, and they, they need it. You have Operation Friendship Senior Society. They're looking for socks. We want to help them out. And I'll tell you, we were at uh, Read and Week. Have you, have yep. you participated in Read and Week before, Jason? Uh, yeah, you know, they ask me every now and then, but I, I try to keep to the, uh, the elementary level, Kev. I can't read any higher than that. So uh, wow. yeah, I've been involved in good, you know, right? I, I love the kindergarten classes, they're fantastic. But, you know, like we were out in the community. Our team was on the road. They came home at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you would never know it. Our players were fresh as daisies that next morning, and they were reading to kindergarten, grade 1, grade 2, and really igniting that that uh, that passion for literacy. And, and just I'm always amazed that our players have an endless appetite for helping those out in the community and just endlessly proud of our players and our team. Very lucky to be part of it. Oil Kings Director of uh, Business Operations, Kevin Rodomsky, joins us. So uh, if you're going to the game on Sunday, uh, bring some uh, warm socks, and then you will get tickets to an upcoming uh, Oil Kings game. So uh, that's a pretty good trade-off for you're going to help someone else, and then uh, in return, you will get a gift back. So uh, give and receive at the same time, which is excellent. Now, now you have a few other uh, big games coming up here. Uh, obviously, Star Wars is a big one. Obviously, the, the teddy bear toss for the brick is a huge one. Uh, when is Star Wars night? So Star Wars night is going to happen on Saturday, December the 9th. 
Okay. So once again, if you haven't been to this one before, we actually have members. They're called the 501st Legion. Oh. And they're going to be Ooh. in full character, full costume. The they All of the different characters from Star Wars are walking around on the concourse and they're interacting with our fans. It's it's a photo op like you'd never see any other time before. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's again, it's all about that family and just, just having fun at, at Roger's Place for the Oil Kings. Are you dressing up? <laughs> I am not. I'll be the guy whoa, taking whoa, the picture. Whoa, whoa, why not? Why not? <laughs> you know what's funny is is for me myself, I'm a classic Star Wars guy. Like like you want to talk about what are they now episode three, uh three, four, five? Like no, that, four, that, five, uh, six. Four, five, six. No. I'm that guy. Yeah. I, I'm Star Wars four, five, six guy yeah. all day long. That was the the pinnacle of Star Wars for me. Oh, hundred percent. You could be like the original Luke Skywalker. Right? Right. Go yes. as Han Solo. I'd be big time. Yeah, what would... are you gonna dress up as, Jason? You're coming down. What are you gonna dress up as? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's funny. I I have a few Halloween costumes, but I've never had a, I've never had a Star Wars costume. So maybe I'll have yeah. to uh, might have to look into that. So we'll uh, we'll see. Actually, I know uh, Sports fourteen forty. We're gonna be a big part of the uh, yeah. the Star Wars night. Uh, we got a few uh, Star Wars fans around the station, so uh, we'll have some fun with uh, with that as it gets a a little bit closer. Now are, we've got a few texts coming. In. Are there any type of socks? Like, do they not want wool socks? Just or do what do you want for the type of socks we've been asked? That's a great question. Thank you for asking. You know what's funny is they're actually asking for any type of new sock, but not like dress socks. Okay, right? yeah. So just think think of the people who are probably living a little tough. They need a warm sock. It doesn't need to be super thick. You can go to, to a Costco of the world or a Walmart and buy a value pack of them. $20 goes a long ways when you're buying socks. But yeah, just not the dress socks. Okay. So don't think fashion, think function uh, more than anything. Function over fashion, man. That's uh, That was Strutty's motto for most of his life. So uh, still well, going by that still one. Is. Yeah, exactly. I, I love it. Uh, Kev, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, have a great weekend. Good luck against the, uh, the Thunderbirds on uh, Sunday here in Edmonton. And hopefully you get a lot of socks. Awesome. Thanks so much for the time, Jason. You betcha. That is uh, Kevin Radomski. Once again, till the end of October. Hey, you know what? If you can't make it to the Oak Kings game, but you want to help out, stop by our Sports 1440 studio here in West Edmonton Mall at any point and, uh, and bring in some socks. Right? Maybe I'll even make you a deal. You bring in two packs, we'll give you one of the coveted Sports 1440 hats. Whew. It's a pretty good trade. Not a lot of those. Limited edition. So, and you'll be helping out uh, Operation Friendship Senior Society, which uh, really helps out um, a lot of the uh, seniors, uh, low-income uh, homeless seniors who need our help. Something as simple as as just having a pair of socks to just keep yourself a little bit warmer. Let's get to uh, Connor. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Allie, Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com.